10 p.m. to see if you can make it. But you're out and Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and for anyone that tells you money is not important, they're lying. If anybody that tells you that money isn't the the driving root for a lot of things, I'm not saying all things, but for a lot of things is lying. For people that say money isn't important, they're lying. For people that say they don't care about money. More than likely, they're lying. You know, I'm not, let me say this. They might not care about money. They might not. Money might not be important to them. However, that is not the case for the NCAA. That is not the case for the MLB. That is not, you know, that's not the case for sports in general. So last week, college football, um, a lot of team, a lot of conferences are canceling the season. You know, the Ivy League canceled their season. Um, other leagues and other teams have have canceled their season due to the fact of we don't have coronavirus. We don't have this coronavirus under control. That's that's just the the that's just a fact. We do not have coronavirus under control. So because of that, a lot of these leagues and a lot of these teams, a lot of these schools, do not want to put their players in harm in harm's way and i commend that i I was i was a little skeptical of the nba bubble nba and wnba bubble before because i didn't know how it would look i didn't know if they were really able to keep the players safe i didn't know like i i was i was i didn't know um but hold on I didn't know, and I, I've been, I've been, I, I've been surprised. I've been pleasantly surprised by how the NBA and WNBA have uh, gone about this bubble. I really have. Um, they've done, a, they've done a really good job. You know, there's non, no positive tests, and it's been well. But the reason why, and I told this last episode, the reason why they're able to do this is because of how of how small and intricate the actual league is. So going back to college football, college football, you know, a couple leagues, a couple teams, a couple conferences have said, yo, we're not playing this year. Okay, great. The Patriot League, I think, is one of them that said they're not playing. The Ivy League, um... I think the the MEAC maybe I'm not sure, but the big the big leagues the big conferences you know SEC ACC Pac-12 they're playing they're keeping it moving and the Pac-12 the the play some of the players have got together and said yo we're not playing due to the fact that you guys don't have a handle on what's going on. And it's obvious that you guys care more about the money and the product, except for the outside of the, you know, you guys care more about the product and the money more than you do the players and more than you do us. We are just, you know, you guys care more about the money that you would be losing if we don't play instead of us actually playing. And I completely agree. You see, the reason why you have players coming out is because they don't feel that their organization cares about their best interest. If I if I felt if I played for the Washington football team and I felt that they cared enough about me, I wouldn't have to come out and say, "Yo, I don't feel safe about what's happening." I don't feel safe about what's going on. I don't feel that you guys care about my well-being. This is college. The, and, the, and the thing, I understand that, you know, you want exposure to try to get to the NFL. I get that. But like I said with college basketball and the NCAA, you, Social media is so big and so present. You really don't need to play anymore. Now, I don't really feel that way with college football, but I do feel that 
look, man, this is this is this is a wash year. This is a year that the world is we haven't experienced anything like this before. So because of that, you know, we have to adapt. We have to adjust. We have to understand that this we've never seen anything like this. So we have to move accordingly. And if that means canceling a season, uh, and it's not, if that means canceling a season for one year until we get together, then that's what we have to do. I mean, we all have to work together in controlling this virus. And when you see, when you see college football go, okay, the SEC is going to play, the ACC is going to play, the Pac-12 is going to play, we're only going to have in-game conferences uh, or in game, I mean, in conference games, we're only going to. There's, they're going to minimize travel. I, I look at that and say, okay, so if you're going to minimize travel, how are we? How are you going to restructure the season? And how are outside of minimized travel? How are you going to ensure that these players who have to come in direct contact with people and you still have to travel? I mean, I know it's less travel, but you still have to travel. How are they going to? How are you going to ensure their safety? That is that is what I I, I want to know. How are you going to ensure that they are are they are protected? And, and and again, do not let's not forget the fact that they are not getting paid. It'd be different if they were get if they'd be different if they were like in the league and they're getting paid for their services. They're not getting paid. Their their payment is trying to win a, a championship or trying to make it to the league. <laughs> like it's you know it. This just shows this. I mean, this it, it's just a continuation of of the league, and it's not just the NCAA this time. This is the NCAA. This is the NFL. This is the MLB. The bottom line is money. It's not players. Because if it was players, I, I, you would have been like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't because we don't have everything under control. It's not money. I mean, it's not players. It's money. Do you know how much money? In fact, I saw the, I saw the stat that I think the owner of the, the Miami Heat, and they're playing in the bubble. The owner of Miami Heat are losing like lost like $5 billion dollars due to the coronavirus like and that's 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 he they're playing so it's <laughs> once you make when when the bottom line is pure and right you get things right more times than not like you ever wonder why the league the nfl and the nba i mean no in the ncaa and mlb get things wrong time and time again because the bottom line because the foundation is not right when your foundation is built on nothing but money and and advancing yourself then it's going you're going to hit roadblocks time and time again but when your bottom line is about the players and about player safety and about and about the advancement of players, then it will be. It, it, you'll, you'll start to realize that, you know, things are looking up. Like think about it. <clears throat> Look at the NBA, and I, I know I'm a big basketball fan. We all know this, but the one thing that I can say about the NBA and and Adam Silver in in particular is they get it right a lot of times. The NBA really is outside of the UC, uh, UFC is the only league. That NBA and WNBA, let let me not get that confused, or let me not forget the WNBA. Those are the only leagues that really promote the players outside of the teams. College college football, I only can think of maybe two college football players, and that's because they were so good last year, and that's Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Like, the NBA is the the NBA, WNBA, and a little bit of the UFC are the only organizations that promote the players more than the more than the teams. The WNBA and Adam Silver gets it right so many times with social social issues, with player advancement, with player safety, with 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 uh, technological advances. 
they get it right because they care about the players more than they care about the bottom line. Don't get me wrong. They care about money. The NBA cares about money. We know this. It's an organization. You care about money. But the the, the NBA also knows that the way to make more money and the way to advance your product is to care about the people producing said product. Outside of the mandated shutdown, the NBA shut down before the mandated shutdown, if you don't remember. I think it shut down maybe two or three weeks before the mandated shutdown. The NBA was the NBA could have started started before July 30th. But Adamson was like, no, let's get all this together. Let's let's focus on what we need to focus on. Let's see how we're going to do this. And it worked. And it's working. They're putting a great product on on display. It's working. Then you look at let's look at let's look at MLB. Since since we'll we'll morph these two topics together. Let's look at MLB. MLB who constantly has player versus owner uh disputes. Constantly has money disputes, even though that's one league that does not have a salary cap. The same league that is rigid and doesn't like change, doesn't like their what they're normally used to that. They don't like that to change too much. The same league that doesn't offer or you can't even sp- if there, if you can't spot theirs, unless you're avid, I mean, baseball fan, you can't spot their, their, uh, their superstars. Like if Mike Trout was walking down the street, you couldn't spot him. If Mookie Best was walking down the street, you wouldn't spot him. If Bryce Harper was walking down the street outside of his hair, you probably wouldn't spot him. You probably would spot Aaron Judge because he's huge. And Carlos, uh, Carlos Stanton, because he's huge. But you couldn't spot their stars because they don't promote their stars. And look at what's going on now with the MLB. The MLB can't do a bubble because they have too many players, or too many players, too many coaches, too many, too, too many moving parts. And now, oh, and and players have expressed the fact that. Either you, they don't feel they don't feel safe with what's going on in the world, and they don't feel like the MLB has their best interest at heart. But reluctantly, the MLB kept saying, "No, we're gonna we want to do this." The players want to play, but they want to feel safe. We're gonna say, "No, we're gonna do this, 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 this." No, and the players and owners kept going back and forth until I guess that they figured out, "All right, we're gonna do sixty games. Let's get it." Boom. But look at the MLB. The Cardinals team, I think the Cardinals, half the Cardinals team went to the casino. And now they got, I think, what, 13 or 14 players have the virus. And it had to shut down their uh, their games. The Mets, they had to shut down their games. Players across the league are catching coronavirus. Having to shut down games for now. So now the owner's like, yo, if y'all don't get it together, we're going to shut it down. This is what they were talking about in the beginning. They don't, you don't have a handle on this thing. But you care more about money. You care more about the bottom line than the players. And it goes back to college football. College football. We, why do you think that it was just right now? It's not now. These aren't the only three conferences that are playing don't get me wrong but why do you think that the sec the acc and the pac-12 are adamant about playing and why do you think that the big 10 the big 12 they're coming next those are the leagues that generate the most money those you think that they can have a college football season without alabama without clemson without oregon without UCLA, without Stanford, without Auburn, without Tennessee, without Florida State, without Ohio State, 
without Michigan? No, they can't. And they know that, which is why they're going to throw caution to the wind and say to hell with it, we're going to play. Yeah, we're going to, you know, only play conference play, and then once that happens, we'll decide moving forward. But, you know, that just shows. Again, I'm, I, I want to see college football. I want to see sports, but I also want players to be safe. And I understand that right now you're running a risk more than the risk is 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 heavier than the reward. Let's say that. The risk is is high is heavier than the reward. Because think about this. Think about this. And I don't wish this upon anybody, of course. I don't wish this upon anybody. I do not wish this upon anyone. But say you're say you're 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 a big college team. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna put a school out there because I don't want to wish this on anybody. But say that you're a big college team and one of your players contracts the virus and ends up dying. Which again, I don't wish upon anybody. But what if that happens? MLB, what if one of your what if what if one of your players contracts the virus and dies? NFL, what if one of your players contracts and we'll talk about the NFL in a second, but one of what if one of your players contracts the virus and dies? Then what happens? Then do you say, you know what, maybe we should have chilled out? Like, listen to the players, man. I don't think I've ever in my all my years of living, all my years of covering sports, I don't think I've ever heard of a players or a players coalition threatening to opt out in college football. And that's what happened in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 says, no, we're playing. Shortly after, a players, like a, a group of players came and had a list of demands. I think they put it on the Players Tribune saying, yo, if you don't do this, we're not playing. And some of those players were very important players. You had players from Oregon, players from Stanford, players from UCLA, players from USC. Like, you had multiple players. So... All I'm saying is this. I think it's time for college football to care more about their players than they do the money. Because I think once you start caring about the players more, the money will come a lot more. Once you start caring about the safety and the well-being of your players, the money will come. Plain and simple. So, and 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 I said we'll we'll we'll, we'll um move on to 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 NFL. The NFL is saying that they're pretty much going as 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 planned. You know, regular. Uh, we have training camps. We have this that, and the third. Players are reporting. Um, players are supposed to report on time. And they're they're trying to have a season like ain't nothing going on. And you see a lot of players, uh, a lot of players from the Patriots, a lot of players in general, are opting out. And because of that, they pushed up the opt out date to I think this Thursday. Because they understand they understand like you're giving you're pretty much um, forcing the player's hand. What you're doing is you're not sent you're not giving them ample you're not giving them ample time to see what you have going on like to see all right you're not giving that you're you're giving you're pushing it up because you know that you don't have any any procedures or anything in planned or in like instilled for this virus so what you're doing is instead of having the original opt-out date and giving players time to see what you're see what what uh strategies you're having you're putting in place you're moving it up because you know that more players will opt out seeing as though you don't have any strategy except maybe no fans odell beckham came out uh i think a couple days ago saying the nfl should cancel the season 
multiple players have opted out. Multiple players have said they want to play, but they don't feel safe. Multiple big name players are saying if they don't if they don't have my best interest at heart or if they don't have my safety at heart, which the NFL has never really had the safety at heart, except for I mean, you can look year after year when they say, hey, we're changing. um, We're changing the the we're updating the concussion protocol. We are giving new equipment. We're changing the way that we hit that 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 can you know that can that's a that's a good cover you know when you're cold and you put covers on that's a good cover you know okay yeah like they they really care about us because they're changing the way that you can hit or they're changing the concussion protocol they're getting new stuff but if they really cared about the players right why is it that they don't have uh, fully guaranteed contracts. If they really cared about the players, why is it that I think after like maybe five years from retiring, you get all now five years after retiring and you can still have lingering injuries or lingering situations that happen due to the NFL, you get off, you get taken off of their insurance. If they cared so much about the players, why is there a franchise tag? Yes, I understand that. You know, friend, you get more money in the in the immediate season of the franchise tag, but it gives you absolutely no security. If you care so much about the players, why is it that you push up the the opt out date so players so less players can opt out? You see, you know what a storefront is. A storefront is is something that okay. So a storefront is like a store, but the front of the store is not what's happening behind the scenes. So you can have like a laundromat, but in the back of the laundromat they're selling drugs. That's called a storefront. Well, that's called a front. I don't know what's called a storefront. That's called a front. Like the 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 store can sell suits. Like when I used to live in Waldorf, right, for a minute, and there's just one for people that know, they know. There's this one. Uh, there's this one suit shop, right? Like going towards uh, Best Buy, going towards um, PetSmart, going towards those places where they used to have a, a Circuit City. There is a suit shop on the corner uh, at this light. And I've, I lived in Waldorf for what? I'll say 10, 15 years. I've never seen a person. I've never seen one person, whether you work there, whether you're shopping there. I've never seen one person walk into that suit shop. Not one. Yet, that suit shop has been open the entire, I think it's still open today. I don't know if this is storefront, but I'm almost sure that they're doing something behind the backs or behind in the back. That's a storefront. That's what the NFL, the NFL is fronting. They're fronting for us. They front like they care about their players. They front like they care about the well-being and the safety of their players. No, at the end of the day, and it goes back to the, the first topic, they care about the product. They care about the money. And, and and the thing about the thing about why the thing that was the thing that I realized, right, is the reason why I've never seen a players coalition in college football. The reason why I've never seen a legit holdout as far as like an entire league. Like I've never seen players hold out for the for the greater good as far as i've never seen uh i've seen some players hold out for colin kaepernick i've seen some like like eric reed uh kenny stills was was pretty vocal about it i've seen players voice their opinions on things but the reason why i think that no action really is made because nfl one is because of non-guarantee contracts. 
It'd be different if it was like guaranteed, like like the contract that Kirk Cousins have. If everyone gets fully guaranteed contracts, I'm almost sure that you'll see a lot more social change or a lot more change in the NFL. If players started getting paid in the in the NCAA, you'd see more players and more player coalitions. Like, yo, this isn't right. This is not what we're doing. So. I don't think that – I don't think – I think players – and, and Shannon Sharp alluded to this one time. I think players are so scared of losing that money because, one, you're one injury away from losing it all. And players know that once they get on the field, but you're one injury away from losing it all. So I think that once players understand that you have the power – now, I know the NFL is all about the shield and about the owners – Think about it. How much change, and I'm not putting this on him, I'm not putting this on any of these people, but how much change do you think could happen if, like, a Patrick Mahomes said, you know what, I'm not playing this season because you guys don't have your stuff together when it comes to this virus? How do you think that, what do you think would happen if uh, Aaron Rodgers said that or Christian McCaffrey said that? Or Tom Brady said that, or Russell Wilson, who who has been very vocal about everything that's going on. What if he said that? What if J.J. Watt said that? Hell, Odell Beckham said that, but he's just one person, and he's a wide receiver. What I'm saying is, if players start to understand, I think the players know that they have the power. But I think that they're so afraid, and 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 I'm not. Not this is not just my words. Shannon Sharp has said this too. This is not. I think they're so afraid of losing that money that they're not going to vocally speak up like they should. Again, this whole topic is NFL players are opting out. The NFL moved up the opt out date to I think Thursday, so in two days, because they don't know. Or they, they don't, and, and all this is because they don't have, the, or we don't know what their procedures are to handle of this virus. I haven't heard anything yet. So, um, just, you know, it's, you know, it, it just, time after time, these leagues and these organizations show what they really care about. You can push you can pump all these commercials out pump all these um statements out about we care about the players we care about the safety we care about this that, and the third but when it's time to show what you really care about we get situations like this we get situations where half the most of the players are saying yo what are the procedures in place with this virus and the nfl has no answers when everybody in the world, in fact, I think what, two days ago, right? I think a day or two ago, there was a, there was a camp in Georgia, I think a camp in Georgia, like a summer camp or something, where I think 250 kids contracted the virus. 250 kids at one time, I think eight, I think they're saying they were ranging from like age six to age 19 caught the virus because they were close together and they didn't really I mean it's kind of hard in a summer camp uh, adhering to social distancing how are you going to do that in the NFL how are you how are you going to do that you can sort of do that in the MLB but there's so much travel that it's hard to do that how are you going to do that in the NFL how are you going to do that in college football and these players don't get paid that's the thing. Like, these players aren't in, in college football, it is. These players are not getting paid. So what happens if a player co- contracts the virus and has to leave the team? You don't get paid for this. You don't get paid to to ensure that, and I'm not saying payment is everything, but payment will help with, with, with medical bills. Payment will help with treatment and medicine. So, you know, 
I could say, you know, get it together, NFL, get it together, MLB, get it together, college football, but this is going to continue to happen time and time and time and time again. Which is why I commend the WNBA, which is why I commend the NBA, which is why I commend the NHL, which is why I commend uh, UFC. Now, again, I know people are going to say, well, those are smaller leagues than the NFL. Those are smaller leagues than the MLB. Those are smaller leagues than college football. I understand that. But I also understand, or at least I can see that they, those leagues are, are, you know their plan. They are pushing hard when it comes to understanding this virus. And, and well, no, I'm not going to say understanding, but they have the necessary procedures in place, even if those procedures are uncomfortable a lot of times. Like, if I was an NBA player, I wouldn't want to get tested every, damn near every day or every other day. If I was covering the NBA, like if I was Taylor Rook or if I was um, uh, Doris Burke or something that's in the bubble covering the NBA, I wouldn't want to get tested uh Every day, I wouldn't want to have to be quarantined. If I was Lou Will and I went for a funeral and then went to Magic City to get some wings and came back, I wouldn't want to get quarantined 10 days, having to miss two games for my team. I wouldn't want to do that. However, I would do that because I know that even though it's uncomfortable, it ensures the safety of not just me, but everyone else around me, everyone else in the bubble. What I'm saying, and, and, and what I'm saying is, you can, the NBA, WNBA, UFC, all these, NHL, they they are put, even though it's uncomfortable at times, they're putting their players' safety first. Look at the NFL, they're not. And you see, you have player, good players too. Good players. Dante... Hightower opts out. That is that's a, such a big blow for the the uh, for the the Patriots. Pl- uh, the guard for from from the Forty ers That's huge. You see multiple players opt out, and then and then you still don't, you hear you hear them releasing statements about players opting out, but you don't hear statements about what they're going to do to ensure the safety of the players. I have yet to hear that. So, all I'm saying is, when you have the MLB and teams and series and leagues having to be postponed because of the virus, when you have NFL players going against the NFL in general because they don't have what's going on when you have players college players in the Pac-12 and other leagues or other uh conferences saying yo we don't feel safe that you should you should you should listen you should listen so um before we get get off of uh well let's move on let's move on so the, so so the w so the NBA bubble right it's 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 I've been I've been pleasantly surprised about what's going on with the the bubble. I've been pleasantly surprised. I like how no team, no players, nobody in the bubble has tested positive for corona. I like how you know it looks. I, it, it's still a little jarring not not having fans, but I do like the virtual uh, fans thing. Even though I wouldn't pay what forty dollars to to just see my face on the side, but I do like that they're doing that. I like how other players are able to come to the games. I like the I like the look of the arena. I like the look of the court. I just like it. You know, I missed I missed live sports and I and I like the fact that they're back. I love it. And with the bubble, at least the NBA bubble, you're starting to see teams that that there are teams that are there like the Wizards. I'm a Wizards fan, but the Wizards have absolutely no reason to be in that bubble because they have absolutely no chance of winning a championship. They have absolutely no chance of even making it to the playoffs. When you look at teams like Brooklyn, Brooklyn have, has no chance because all their players have been, some opt out due to the virus. A lot of them are, are, are injured. 
you know, there are teams Orlando has no shot. And 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 shouts out to Jonathan Isaac. I hope that he has a speedy recovery. They're killing him for not standing for the uh or not taking a knee or not wearing like Black Lives Matter, but at the end of the day, you can do what you want. Um you have freedom of speech. So again, I I, I don't wish injury, especially A C L tear and, and people that play basketball know ACL tears can like really derail somebody especially somebody that is coming off of injury so i hope you know i i hope for jonathan isaac speedy recovery but teams like the magic teams like i don't know um yeah wizards magic brooklyn they have no shot of winning the championship but what i wanted to do is i want to talk about a few teams not all the teams but a few teams that have a shot for winning the championship and why they will win the championship and why they will not win the championship let's start with let's start with the 76ers the 76ers is the most unique team and 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 i'm not saying unique in a good way and I'll st- I guess I'll start with why they won't win the championship. Because they are horrible. And I mean absolutely horrible. Outside of or away games. And this is pretty much an entire away game. Hell, they did just win yes, or two days ago. but Or yesterday. But you see, you know, you have players fighting players. You have defensive lapses that shouldn't happen. Yeah, you have you just have so much going on with the 76ers. They're just not buttoned up. I say that. They're not going to win because they're not buttoned up. When you have a star like Joel Embiid, when you have a when you have a star like Ben Simmons, you're not buttoned up. You have Al Horford, you have pieces, you're, they're not buttoned up. And you can tell they're not buttoned up because they have so many good pieces, yet they have a losing road record. And you see fighting in game. Now, you see that from a lot of people, yes. But you start, you see a lot more things from the not buttoned up teams than you see from, like, I remember when, I remember when uh, the Miami Heat, right? The Miami Heat, I think it was Mario Chalmers, and LeBron James got into a yelling match. Right after LeBron James was like, yo, you know, I was wrong. This is how it is. Blah, blah, blah. We're done. Move forward. You didn't hear that at all from the forty, the 76ers. Hell, it's it, it, <laughs> Okay, so the 76ers are not going to win the championship because they're not buttoned up. They don't do what it takes to win or to, to, to be better on the road. I think that they, they miss a lot of important cues that they shouldn't be missing and i think that their stars don't coincide together well which is ben simmons and joel and b do not coincide like they don't they don't work together on the court to me they they take up the same amount of space which it'd be different if ben simmons developed a three-point shot um but he hasn't so but they will win the championship because of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And because they're that, that's a huge team. When you have when you have a pretty much six nine well, <laughs> when you have a Ben Simmons who can play anywhere from the one to the three or one to the four, when you have Joel Embiid who's dropping forty one and twenty seven, like you have two mile and then you have Al Horford who's a solid player. You have a chance to win, and and they they could win because of those two. Now, those two could also be the reason why they don't really they don't win, but they could be the reason why they do win. So the Seventy Sixers will not win because they're not buttoned up. They're terrible on the road, and I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid occupy the same amount of space, or the same space, not same amount, same space. They will win because you have Joel Embiid, you have Ben Simmons, and those are star players in the league. Let's look at Dallas. Dallas will not win because they are absolutely horrible in crunch time. I think that games within five points, they lose two out of three times. 
they're such a young team. They don't they don't know. I'm not gonna say they don't know what it takes to win, but they fumble the fumble the bag time and time again if it's a close game. Hell, look at the Rockets game. They were destroying the Rockets the entire game until the end. And the announcers kept saying, do not get it within five points, within like two minutes left. And what happened? Within two minutes left, it was a five-point game, and they ended up losing that game. Luka Doncic, how great as he is, how great that he is, makes poor decisions in the crunch. Porzingis makes bad decisions in crunch time. That's just how it is. It just takes a lot, a little more developing. But, you know, they're not going to win because they don't know how to finish games, or close games, I say that. They will win, however, because they are a young, exciting team. And you have Luka Doncic, who is, for a lot of people, top 10 player in the league right now. When you have KCP, when you have a Seth Curry, when you have Rick Carlisle, you have a chance to win. And they're, I think this year, they're ranked the number one offense in the league. So so when you're ranked the number one offense, people are going to have to catch up to you, not the other way around. So they're going to win because they have the number one offense in the league and you have Luka, you have young, young pieces that fit together. They fit really, the difference between the, um, 76ers in Dallas is I don't think those pieces really fit together for the 76ers. Dallas, their pieces fit really well together. But you have, they're going to win because their pieces fit together. They're the, I think the number one offense, and they have Luka. They have uh, Porzingis. They have Seth Curry. They have great pieces along with a really good coach. They're not going to win because they do not know how to finish close games, and they how great Luka is, how great KCP is, they make poor decisions at the end of games, which cost them games. So that's Dallas. Um, let's go with Denver. I love Denver. Denver is exciting. And I'm going to start with why Denver won't win. Denver is very young. Denver, I think Denver has all the pieces that could win. I, I'm... One of my predictions, which was a, a dark horse prediction, but Denver is going to upset either the Lakers or the Clippers in the playoffs. And I think that because they, they have one of the deepest teams when you when you can bring Michael Porter Jr. off the bench, when you can bring – and Michael Porter Jr. dropped 37 the other night, which is his career high. But when you, when you have Will Barton, when you have – and these players aren't even playing right now as far as Will Barton, uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris – you have so many good players, and Bowl Bowl has looked incredible. So, Denver is to me the one of the deepest teams in the league, might or at least in the bubble. They might be the deepest team in the bubble. The problem is they're really young. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is I think twenty one or twenty two. Uh, Jamal Murray's young. Gary Harris is young. I think the oldest person on the team is Paul Millsap, who is really good, but Paul Millsap's not. I mean, he's he's their vet, you know. So I think that they won't win because they're a little too young. I think they need a little bit more years to 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 develop. However, I think they will win because they're the deepest team. And Jokic, to me, is the best center in the league. Uh, you have really good, solid pieces. And once, you know, Will Barton comes back, once Jamal Murray comes back, once Gary Harris comes back, they'll be fully loaded. And I think it's important. Uh, I'm excited to see how they'll how they'll turn out. So, and, and not to mention, they they have, they're great offensively and they're really good. Now, they're, they're good defensively in parts and spurts, but they're not the greatest defensively, and I think you can chalk that up to being young and still learning the game, but they they can't, they have the deepest team in the league. So, that's that's Denver. You know, that's, 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 I think they need a little bit more time to develop, which is why they won't win, but I think they will win because, you know, 
They have the deepest team, and they they have some ex- exceptional pieces. Because Paul Millsap is really good. Jokic to me is the best center. You know, when Jamal Murray comes back, he's a really good uh, two. Gary Harris is 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 great. Bill Will Barton is like a J.R. Smith type player. Um, you know, you have a Bowl Bowl who has been a pleasant surprise. When you have a Michael Carter or Michael Porter Jr who I thought going into the season he could be a dark horse for rookie of the year, but, you know, he dealt with more injuries and stuff. But, yeah, that's Denver. So uh, let's, let's, let's move over to Portland. Portland. Portland, Portland, Portland. Portland, you know, the reason why they will win, let's, let's start with why they will win first. The reason why they will win is because they have Damian Lillard and they have C.J. McCollum. And they have Carmelo Anthony and Nurkic. Those are the only reasons why they win. They they have they have arguably the best point guard in in the bubble right now. That's 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 it. That's that's it. They they have some they have a lot of firepower in the offense. However, they won't win because they do not play a lick of defense. Not one person on that team plays a lick of defense. Not one. Not Dame, not CJ, not Melo, not uh Zach Collins, not Yurt Nurkic, not any of them. That is one of the worst defensive teams in the bubble. So that's pretty quick. <laughs> For Portland, you're going to win cuz you have Dame and, and you have a really good offense, but you're not going to lo- you're going to lose cuz you do not have a good defense at all. Not not one person. So yeah, not, and I thought Hassan Whiteside could be like a Rudy Gobert type, but he hasn't been a Rudy Gobert type since, I don't know, since what? He, since he got paid from Miami, so there's that. Um, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, since we just talked about Rudy Gobert, let's talk about Utah. They have no chance of winning. <laughs> And I thought I think their chances of winning went out the window with uh, Bogdanovich because he was very, very important. Was it playing Bogdanovich? Yeah, he was very important. But I don't think they have a chance of winning, honestly. Yeah, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Rudy Gobert, but I don't think they have enough firepower. I, okay, if they do win, let's say this. If they do win, it's because they just stranglehold people on defense. You know, they 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 protect the rim incredibly well and they just suffocate you on defense. Kind of like what old Memphis used to do, like the grindhouse, what that Memphis used to do. They won't win or they but I don't think they win because they don't have enough firepower when they're when your number one scores are. Donovan Mitchell and uh, Joe Ingles. And Joe Ingles can't really put the ball on the ground. You know, you have, you know, so. Um, I don't think that, you know, just as young as Memphis is um, with John Morant and Triple J, I don't think they really have a shot because they're too young. Um, same as uh, New Orleans. You have really great young pieces like Zion and Brandon Ingram and uh, Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart, but you, I don't think that they have enough to win, seeing as though they're they're still young. And Zion, to me, as good as Zion looks, he's overweight. There, there's. I don't know what happened to that picture that we saw during quarantine and during these games, but he's overweight. There, people are talking. And I was going. This was going to be a topic about the minutes restriction and why people are saying, you know, he should be in a minutes restriction or he shouldn't be in a minutes restriction. But here's the thing. Zion Williamson looked horrible defensively that game when he played, what, 15, 15 minutes or something? He looked horrible. He looked so bad. People were going at him. He was the link when they were playing that game. And, and I, I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's just because he's overweight. I don't know if it's, he's just missing assignments. He just looked bad. Now, he looked better in the game, what, yesterday, but – and they won that game, but he didn't look better defensively. He did look better offensively, but not defensively. So, I don't think te- you know younger teams like that have a chance to win. Um, honestly, 
but you know they're exciting. Uh, but let's move forward. Uh, let's go with let's go with the Rockets. Now you see the Rockets. The reason why they won't win is because time and time again, they can every game they lose the def, the rebound battle because they don't have a center. And when they lose the rebound battle, they lose the second chance battle. It starts to wear on you when PJ Tucker is your is your center and and Robert Covington is your center. Those aren't centers. So I think that size they don't have the size to to withstand bigger teams, bigger teams that are also good offensively. Now, why they will win is because you have a James Harden who is one of the most gifted offensive players we've ever seen. When you have a Russell Westbrook, who's one of the most gifted players we've ever seen, when you have a team that relies so heavily and is really good at the three-point line, you, it's, you have to catch up to them sometimes. It's like, yeah, you can beat them off. You can beat them off, you know, beat them trying to score. I mean, beat them trying to to, to beat them up and, and out-rebound them. But if they keep, like the other game, they were just, they were killing from three-point line. And if they're on, it's it's going to be hella tough to, to to keep up with them. So I think offensively, and because they have a James Harden and a Russell Westbrook, and they're so good at three point line, that's the reason why they will win. But because they're not good at, they're not really good at all defensively, and they 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 constantly lose the rebounding and second chance battle because they they don't have a big. That's the reason why they won't win. Let's move on to Toronto. Toronto is a surprise team, in my opinion, of the of the year. I didn't expect Toronto to be this good. I didn't expect Toronto to. I didn't expect them to be good. You know, when you lose Kawhi Leonard, when you lose Danny Green, I didn't think you were going to be good. But they have been a pleasant surprise. But the reason why they will not win is because offensively, they're not the best offensive team. When you, Kyle Lowry can have spurts and have those games when he drops 30. Then he can have those games when he only drops 10. Pascal Siakam is an upcoming star, but he still has those games where, you know, he he, he struggles. Uh, they don't have enough pieces offensively to me to win. Yeah, you have Fred Van Vliet, but... There was a reason why Fred Van Vliet was undrafted. Now, don't get me wrong. Fred Van Vliet is a really good player now, but, you know, he his career, you know, he had his career high the other night, which I think was like 35 or 36. But, you know, it's, there's a reason why he was undrafted. So I don't think that they have enough pieces offensively to win. I mean, to, to win. But if they do win or they will win because – that is such a rugged team, you know. They're such a good defensive team, and they're such they're so well coached. It is. To, I said, don't be. Okay, so beginning of the season, I didn't say this, but during the season and before the bubble started, I said, yo, don't be surprised if Toronto makes some noise in the playoffs. Because Toronto, with Pascal, with Kyle Lowry, with uh, Fred Van Vliet, with um, some of the, a lot of the defensive pieces they had with OG, and coached by I think the coach of the year, Nick Nurse. Don't, you can't. I'm not. They they have shown time and time again that they are resilient, that they're great defensively, and that they're a really good team, like incredibly good. So. That's why I I think that they have a chance to win it. So they will win it because they're a great defensive team. They have really good pieces, and they're coached by, to me, the coach of the year in Nick Nurse. And they're just a rugged team. They won't win because I don't think they have enough offensive pieces. So let's move on to let's move on to the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks has Giannis. Giannis is top, at least right now, playing top three player, uh, or maybe top five. No, top three player, in my opinion. Um, he's he's an unstoppable force. The reason why they won't win is because of the pieces around Giannis. You know, when you have to rely on the Lopez brothers, when you have to rely on the Eric Bledsoe, who hasn't played yet, when you have to rely on a Chris Middleton, who is a really good two, but 
I mean, I guess <laughs> when you have to rely on put like George Hill, like when you have to rely on people like players like that, and they've shown time and time again that they aren't the most reliable players in big situations, that gets a little sketchy. You know what I mean? It gets a little. Uh, you don't know. But and so so I think the supporting cast and the fact since and I'm not just going to resolve Giannis, Giannis still needs to develop a, a shot. Now, yeah, his shot is getting better. You know, he'll hit a couple walk up threes. He'll hit a couple mid range. But his his jump shot is not reliable enough to put real fear in anybody. There's a reason why he has wide open walk up threes. There's a reason why you don't really play his mid range shot like that because he's not that good. So the reason why they won't win is because Giannis's jump shot needs to get better, and the the pieces around him aren't you know aren't plate pieces that we've seen make make big contributions in in big games now the reason why they will win is because they have Giannis and Dallas I mean not Dallas Minnesota uh, Milwaukee has shown the greatest way of building around a player when you have pieces around Giannis, and his these pieces fit so well, whether it's Eliasova, whether it's the whether it's the Lopez brothers, whether it's Chris Middleton, whether it's George uh, Pat Connaughton, whether it's Eric Bledsoe, these players fit so perfectly with Giannis that when they're firing on cylinders, they're one of the best teams, hands down. Hell, a lot of people have them winning the championship because of the way the team is built. And having Mike Budenholzer as a coach is just icing on the cake. So they will win because they're they're built to last and they're built to they're built like they're built really well. They're around a Pete around Giannis. So that's why they will win. Let's go with the let's go with the Clippers. The reason why they won't win is because they're sloppy a lot. They know how good they are. They know how many pieces. They they know the pieces that they have. They know the endless amount of pieces that they have. But they're sloppy. There's a re, there's the games that most the most games that they lose. They have 15 or more turnovers. They have a lot. Hell, the game that they lost against the Lakers, they had what 27 turnovers. They they get sloppy a lot of times, and and with them getting sloppy, I think that they allow teams to hang around. And it will come back and bite them. They could come back and bite them. So the reason why the Clippers will not win is because they're too sloppy. The reason why they will win is because while I say the Denver Nuggets are the deepest team, I think that the Clippers are the second deepest but have the better players. You know, when you have uh, when you have Kawhi Leonard, who a lot of people think is the best player in the league, some people, a lot of people, you know, when you have Paul George, when you have Lou Williams, when you have Montrez Harrell, when you have Larry Shaman, or Landry Shaman, I'm sorry, when you have uh, Zubach, when you have Patrick Beverly, you that that it is a deep, deep team. And Joakim Noah coming off the bench, uh, Reggie Jackson coming off the bench, they have so many good pieces that I think that you can they can just overwhelm teams. Like they'll overwhelm you with their size, they'll overwhelm you with with the amount of of good players that you have to worry about, and you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who who at first I was a little skeptical of how they would work together, but they've worked incredible together. So they'll win because of the sheer amount of talent that they have on their team, and the 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 talent that they do like the the players that they do have and they won't win because they get a little lazy and sloppy and lastly let's go with the lakers the lakers have lebron james (laughs) who is the best player in the league right now and has been for years 15 years or 15 years to be exact when you have Anthony Davis, who isn't, I mean, it's Anthony Davis, the best, one of the best, the best big man in the league. When you have Danny Green, who is, uh, has no, has been known to hit big shots in big situations. 
you know, they have they have they have Dwight Howard, they have JaVel McGee, they have J.R. Smith, they have Dion Waiters, they have Alex Caruso. They have a lot of they have Kyle Kuzma. They have they have good players. They have really good players. But the reason why they will not win is because those players are so dependent on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, think about it. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis, in fact, we've seen it. When LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, on, are not on the floor, the, the Lakers look horrible. Horrible. Those, you know, J.R. Smith, which he's, you know, he's just coming on the team, and, and Deion Wade's just coming on the team. But Kyle Kuzma doesn't look good when they're not on the floor. Like, they, the Lakers are terrible. Without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are is the glue that holds everything together, everything together. And if they're not on the floor, the team looks, they play horribly. Like it's 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 stats. Don't don't just it's stats. So the reason why they will not win is because they're too dependent on LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and it's a it's a huge drop off when they're off the floor. They will win, however, because you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the Lakers is probably the biggest team in the in the bubble outside of maybe um, Philly. Like the Lakers are huge. When you have a Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, um, Kyle Kuzma, like they are huge. And they can really suffocate and protect the rim really well when they're on defensively. So that's that's about it, man. Uh, anything else before we go? Oh, I want to say shout out to The Rock and shout out to the investors for uh, buying or purchasing the XFL for, I think, $15 million. The reason why I want to say that is because, one, you don't see a lot of league owners. I mean, you don't see a lot of league execs and league owners that are African-American. And now that The Rock owns the XFL, a lot of people were saying, you know, the XFL was nobody wants to see spring football. But the XFL was doing very well before the pandemic hit. So I do like that the XFL will be back. And I do love the fact that The Rock, who is African-American, is the owner. Uh, I'm just I'm just rooting for everyone black (laughs) and I'm rooting for black owners. And I really I love the fact that now the XFL, who, by the way, was putting on a really good product before the pandemic um, is back. So shout out to The Rock and shout out to XFL. there you have it. I want to appreciate everyone that's been watching. Appreciate everyone that's listening. Appreciate everyone that's here. Appreciate uh, G Curse for continuing to support me. Uh, I have my shirts. You know, I got a lot of shirts. So if you want a shirt, DM me. I think they're probably like ten dollars, ten to fifteen dollars. I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but um, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And yeah, man. Until next time. Much love. I was a boy in the hood before I ever knew Puffy, bitch, I've been a made man, there you motherfuckers I was a boy in the hood before I ever knew Puffy, bitch, I've been a made man, there you motherfuckers to touch I was a boy in the hood before I ever knew Puffy, bitch, I've been a made man, there you motherfuckers to touch me Get the like hammer, they couldn't touch me Made a living off of it, hammer, guess I was lucky, go Y'all niggas don't really You know me myself, I treat this shit like the league. I mean, you can win a ring every year, but new season everybody start a game one. I promise when the Hall of Fame open up, we'll be the fun as it does. I was a boy in the hood before I ever knew Puffy, bitch, I've been a made man, there you motherfuckers to touch me. Guess I'm too legit like Hammer, they couldn't touch me. Made a living off of it, Hammer, guess I was lucky, go. Y'all niggas don't really want it with cool jazz. Guess it's me against the world, goddamn, what can I say? I put them little boys on my lap, I birth niggas. How you think they got on the map? I earth niggas. Ow. Keep buying bullshit chains and pay some homage. Say your music from the side of the road, this shit's garbage. Look at Young, he came right back, applying pressure. 
Damn right, CMZ, they own me.